This is a discussion of a language, not Swahili, not Spanish, nor French, nor is it a discussion of a regional American dialect such as Brooklynese, Southern Mountaineer, or Pennsylvania Dutch. It is a discussion of another American dialect. Leroy, get on up now. Don't you hear that? Uh. You've been tossing and turning all night long. I ain't getting no sleep at all. We having them oats again. Eat your breakfast and shut up. Brush your teeth, and I mean good. Don't slam that door. You come straight on home now, and don't be coming in here with no jive off the wall stuff. Ah, you a story, baby. You know I come straight on home. Morning, Mr. Harris. Morning, Mr. Washington. How you go today? Ah, uh, so-so. That sky's looking good out there today, though. Yeah, I think we're going to get loose now. If you smell something funny when you walk down the street, you're in Coon Town. You look and see garbage all over the street, you're in Coon Town. Up and down the street, there ain't nothing but trash. Nigger girls trying to get a nigger boy's cash. Then you even see a spook with a big mustache in Coon Town. On the corner, there's a nigger with a drink in his hand. That's Coon Town. Trying to bum a nickel from whoever he can in Coon Town. Make a bet if you go back tomorrow, he'll be there yet. He's trying to get drunk, and drunk he's gonna get in Coon Town. Black. 
as the ace of spades is. Black. As a hole in Calcutta is. Black. As a jack in the game is. my true love's hair is black as a dreamless sleep is black as a midnight is black as closing your eyes tight is Mama, baby. Oh! 
It had been several years since I had been in a barber shop back home. As I sat there, I wondered whether the conversation would have been as rich and lively had I been white. It wouldn't have been, of course. I was accepted. And it was comfortable to be involved again with the language of my culture. I must admit, some of the conversation was going so fast I had trouble catching it. Having been away so long, I was getting out of touch. Man, this would have been nice seeing you again. Yeah, like old time. Hey, I think I'll go poke around the neighborhood before going out to the airport. I'll see you next time, though. Yep, but don't you stay away so long. Yeah, man. See ya. Bye. The old neighborhood hadn't changed much. What a lousy, miserable place. I walked around some old garbage and got the almost forgotten whip of what it was like. The fact that it hadn't really changed was depressing. But as a kid, it was home, and somehow the freedom of childhood makes up for a lot of things. I had no trouble recognizing the old school, and it sounded pretty much the same. Pretty funny. Also, strict iambic tetrameter. But I didn't find that out until I took a creative writing course in college. Hey, white man, 100 million more dark aliens are coming to America. Google the next 100 million for proof. In 1960, white people were 90% of the U.S. population. Today, truth be told, we're less than half. Another 100 million foreign mongrels are on the way. But you don't care, do you, whitey? All you care about is satisfying your belly, pocketbook, and genitals and watching the coons play ball on television. The future of white children will be a nightmare and you don't care. Your own women and children ought to spit on you every day. Go to whty.org and get involved. And phone me at 417-463-7703. That's whty.org. whty.org. Paid for by the committee to elect write-in candidate Glenn Miller to the U.S. Senate. Margaret Miller, Treasurer. This is Glenn Miller, and I approve this message.
to start trouble by mixing up the races. They'd be a whole lot better off staying in their places. I like our Southland like it is, I'm sure that you do too. Oh, Martin Luther thinks it's his, I know he's wrong, don't you? Move them niggas north, move them niggas north. If they don't like our Southern way, move them niggas north. To make a stand to keep our southern way We've got to give a helping hand It's unity that pays Move them niggas north Move them niggas north If they don't like our southern way Move them niggas north Yeah, they move them niggas north Move them niggas north If they don't like our southern way Move them niggas north Take a close look Yeah, but much closer than that. Take a real close look. You begin to see why. There's much more to white, much more than can ever meet the eye. Like, look over there, there. You see that white? <laughs> Sure looks for sure like the white that's called pure, but it isn't, not at all. That's an off-white white. Sorry. Just doesn't quite measure up. Fall short. Absolutely pure, pure white is just a dream of a dream. Even now, if you close your eyes tight, and let your brain go to where it's whiter than snow. You'll see, you'll know. The whitest white that white can be white, as imagined by you, imagined by me, as the purest of pure, pure white, is just a little bit off, just a little bit off white. Off white, white. with me to Alabama. Let's go see my dear old mammy. She's frying eggs and broiling hammy. That's what I like about the South. Now there you can make no mistakey. Where those nerves are never shaky. Ought to taste her layer cakey. That's what I like about the South. She's got baked ribs and candied yams. Those sugar cured Virginia hams. Basement full of those berry jams. And that's what I like about the South. Hot corn bread and black eyed peas. You can eat as much as you please. Cause it's never out of season. That's what I like about the South. Ah, don't take one. Have two there, darling. Dark brown and chocolate too Suits me, they must suit you Cause that's what I like about the South Away, way down where the cane grows tall Down where they say you all Walk on in with that southern drawl Cause that's what I like about the South It's down where they have those pretty queens Keep a dreamin' Those dreamy dreams Well, let's sip that absinthe in New Orleans That's what I like about the South Come old 
old Bob with all the news. Got the box back coat and the button shoes, but he's all caught up with his union dues, and that's what I like about the South. Here come old Roy down the street. Who oh, can't you hear those scuffling feet? He would rather sleep than eat, and then that's what I like about the South. Every time I pass your door, you act like you don't want me no more. Why don't you shake your head and sigh, and I'll go walking right on by. Gone on, on and on and on. Honey, when you tell me that you love me, then how come you close your eyes? Did I tell you about the place called Do I Diddy? It ain't no town and it ain't no city. It's just awful small, but awful pretty will do I Diddy. Didn't come here to criticize I'm not here to sympathize But don't call me those no good lies Cause a lying gal I do despise You love me like I love you Send me 50 PDQ Rose are red and violets are pink I'm gonna get old 50 I don't think She's got backbones and butter beans Ham, hocks and turnip greens You and me in New Orleans And that's what I like about the South Do you think Rosa Parks, when she flew anywhere, do you think she would accidentally go to first class? <laughs> Just so that way the flight attendant would be like, pardon me, ma'am, I need to see your ticket. I don't think you belong here. You know what? You're good. You're good. You are good. You're good. You're fine. You're fine. Mm-mm. No, you're good. That is Rosa Parks. I am not kicking her out of first class. It did not go well the last time. to me, sung by Arthur Collins from his banjo accompaniment by Mr. Beth L. Osmond, Edison Records. Talk about a cool to have trouble, I think I have enough of my own. It's all about the lucid trouble, and she has caused my heart to mourn. There's another coon about her from Virginia. It's Friday, he's the leader of the day. And now my honey gal is going to quit me. Yes, she's gone and drove the coon away. She'd no excuse to turn me loose. I feel abused, and I'm all confused. <laughs> Lord, cause he's worth these in this day with. Oh, you see, and he's just as good to me as you. 
figure ever tried to be. He failed his money free. I know we can't agree, so I don't like you know how all fools are like to me. Amos, this seems like Sunday. Well, it is Sunday. You see, Andy, we is on the radio now every Sunday on CBS for Rinso. That's right. Rinso, new Rinso with Solium, the scientific sunlight ingredient, brings you the Amos and Andy Show. Yes, sir, Lieber Brothers Company, the makers of Rinso, brings you a full half hour of entertainment with Lou Lubin, Eddie Green, Ernestine Wade, the Jubilaires, Jeff Alexander's orchestra and chorus, and radio's all-time favorites, Amos and Andy. Today, the kingfish and his wife, Sapphire, decided to take a stroll through the park. And at the moment, we find them walking along one of the paths, enjoying the beauties of Mother Nature. Ain't it wonderful walking in the park together, Joy? Yeah. Say, just look at that romantic young fellow over there on the bench with his girlfriend. Yeah, she's pretty all right, ain't she? Look, he's got his arm around and he's kissing her. Joy's just looking at that. Don't it make you want to do the same thing? I'll say it, but if I do, the fellow liable to punch me in the nose. I... Joy! <laughs> I'm talking about us. Oh, oh. You know, you ain't never been romantic in your whole life. Oh, what is you talking about? I remember when we took our honeymoon up Niagara Falls. There was a park up there, and we had our own special bench on Lover's Land. We practically lived there. We did live there. You was too cheap to get a hotel room. <laughs> well, let's not argue, honey. Come on, let's get on home. My feet is getting cold. The newspaper in the bottom of my shoes sopping up the water here. My feet getting wet and everything. <laughs> George, you oughtn't to complain, because walking in the park is the only entertainment I ever get. You never have no money to do nothing, like taking me to dinner or to the movies or nothing else. Oh, there you go, hopping about money again. I'm serious, George. All right, all right. Now, listen, honey. You really want to go out to dinner tonight? Sure. Okay, if that's what you want, me and you will have dinner out tonight. Oh, George, that's wonderful. Call up your sister over in Brooklyn and tell her to expect us. <laughs> Oh, 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 oh,
Would you like a cocktail, sir? Yes, please. Scotch with a little water. It was good to be on my way again. But I never wanted to forget the ghetto. Whether I liked it or not, it was a big part of me. I resented it deeply, but I can't reject it. I can't forget or reject the sights of the ghetto, the smells of the ghetto, and especially the sounds of the ghetto. You know, I've often wondered how anybody can think that black people are nonverbal. In fact, we talk a lot, especially to one another. It's a recognized fact that black people have a very strong oral tradition. But many white Americans, as well as some blacks, attach a stigma to the black way of talking, rather than considering it as a rich and patterned dialect of English with its own well-established structure. Refusal to accept this as a legitimate mode of expression has long been the practice of many educational systems. The English teacher following this practice becomes the dedicated missionary of middle-class values. His vehicle is the language, and the language means standard English. There is no disagreement that fluency in standard English is necessary for formal communications, but the black child from the ghetto simply isn't learning it. Actually, the teacher is short-circuiting his own goals by rejecting the kid, his culture, and his language. Read the question. Uh, what, does, what does the master Marvel look like? The ghetto child gets to school speaking the language of the ghetto. He has trouble understanding the teacher because the teacher is not speaking the kind of language he uses or at least the language he's learning at home where communication is easy. Charles, how come you keep poking me with them books? Young man, get your hands off that pot. Well, stop you gonna burn yourself. Your mouth's about to make me lose my mind. I ain't need nothing all day. Go, go play with them children across the hall. Go on now. I'm going to beat you down the thing. wall. You oh, no, you ain't. Does anyone know the answer to that question? Debbie? I don't know. Billy? I don't know. Jean? Generally, by the time ghetto children reach the third grade, they turn off and could care less about school. I don't know. This is a modern world we live in. Everybody's hip nowadays, but when I was going to school in those days, all teachers were squares. 
I don't care where you went to school during my time, your teacher was a square. Because the first thing they taught you when you was a little kid, ding dong, Dale, the pussy's in the well. <laughs> my brother got drowned looking for it. That's because he was a square. And I don't know how he got to be such a square because everybody in my family was hip. My mother, my father, my sister, me. In fact, my mother had 14 kids. You know my old man was hip. <laughs> or somebody had it in for him. You, you, you know how it used to be when you was going to school like on a Friday, how the teacher would write the lessons on the blackboard for Monday. Well, this Friday afternoon, my teacher was writing on the blackboard. She's writing a little boy behind me. He said, teacher, I see your knee. She said, you get your hat and coat and go home and stay for two weeks. And she kept writing on the blackboard. Another little boy said, teacher, I see your thigh. She said, well, you go home and stay two months. And she kept writing on the blackboard. And just then the chalk broke. And she bent down to get the chalk. And I got my hat, my coat, and my book. She said, where are you going? I said, teacher, my school days are over. <laughs> no, that's why I said you got to be hip now. That it's, you got one of the greatest doctors in the world right here in Los Angeles. I was playing down here at the Orpheum Theater one time, and I went by this doctor's office to get a little shot. I hadn't ran out, see, and I'm sitting, <laughs> sitting up in the office. Some old man walks in. He must have been about 87 years old. He said, Doc, the reason I came here is because I'm 87, and I'm going to marry a young girl, 23, and we want to have some kids. What do you suggest? The doctor said, I suggest you take in a border. <laughs> so the old man said, well, how much do I owe you for that, doc? The doctor said, $10. So the old man gives the doctor the $10. He goes out, and about six months later, the doctor runs into the old man downtown. He said, how you feel, Mr. Smith? He said, oh, fine, doc. The doctor said, well, how's the wife? He said, doc, the wife is fine. She's pregnant. He said, but how's the border? He said, she's pregnant too. I am trying to find a solution About a certain person Trying to find a solution About a certain person With this modern surgery They change him from he to she but behind that lipstick, rouge and paint, I got to know if she is or if she ain't. I wonder what gave him the idea and the spark to leave the country bound for Denmark. He tried to live the life of a man, but that was not in accord with nature's plan. So he underwent this operation and came back home to shock the nation. But behind that lipstick, rouge and paint, I got to know who she is or if she ain't.
came back to this country, they made her a popular celebrity. Out of public sentiment, she got movie contract and plenty engagement. People came out of curiosity to see this amazing freak of the century. But behind that lipstick, rouge and paint, I still wonder if she is or if she ain't. That lady walk across the stage They call her the wonder of this modern age Now she making plenty money Because of hormones and plastic surgery Drawing down 20,000 a week And not one listening to this record could get a peek So behind that lipstick, rouge and paint What you think she is? Boy, I know she ain't Farrakhan, Minister of Muhammad's Temple, number seven in New York City, and the national spokesman for the Honorable Elijah Muhammad and the Nation of Islam. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad teaches us that Almighty God Allah revealed to him that the white race is a race of devils. Devil meaning wicked by nature. What more could a devil do than what has been done to the black man of America? In theology, we have been taught that the devil would get you after you were dead, if you were bad, and you would go to hell, a place of eternal fire. And there the devil would torment us. Well, in that sense, that's a pretty merciful theology because at least when you go to hell and meet the devil, you are dead. <laughs> and being dead, you are not able to feel a pain. Now we are in a literal hell in America. It is not our hands that is, uh, will bring about the fall of America. It is the divine power of Almighty God, Allah, that is now bringing about the destruction of the United States of America. Her destruction will serve as a warning to all of Europe that America, in her bold mistreatment of the very people of God, is now reaping what she has sown. The same divine plagues that God sent against Pharaoh in Egypt are now visible in America.
While blacks have acquired other qualifications for moving up the middle-class ladder, their dialect has never been accepted. So from childhood on, they have been rigorously drilled in how to correct it. As a result, many middle-class blacks who have made the difficult transition to the dominant culture have paid the price of dropping all traces of the dialect from their speech. It is surely time that the speech of the black culture of America be recognized as a genuine dialect of English. It is, in every sense of the word, a dialect, with its own vocabulary, pronunciation, and grammar. It has its own words and word meanings, its own patterns of pronunciation, and a highly systematic grammatical structure. Niggas are scared of revolution. But niggas shouldn't be scared of revolution. Because revolution is nothing but change. And all niggas do is change. Niggas come in for work and change into different clothes. They hit the streets to make some quick change. Niggas change their hair from black to red to blonde. And old black hair that looks will change. Niggas kill other niggas just because one didn't receive the correct change. Niggas change from men to women, from women to men. Niggas change, change, change. You hear niggas say, things are changing, things are changing. Yeah, things are changing. Nigga things into black nigga things. Black nigga things that go through all kinds of changes. The change in the day that makes it rat and rave. Black power, black power, and the change. That comes over them at night as they sigh and moan. Night dies. Ooh, night dies. Niggas always going through bullshit change. But when it comes for real change, niggas are scared of revolution. Niggas are actors. Niggas are actors. Niggas act like they're in a hurry to catch the first act of the great white host. Niggas try to act like Malcolm. And when a white man doesn't react toward them like he did Malcolm, niggas want to act violently. Niggas act so cool. And slick, causing white people to say, What makes you niggas act like that? Niggas act like you ain't never seen nobody act before. But when it comes to acting out revolution, niggas say, I can't give them action. Niggas are scared of revolution. Niggas are very untogether people. Niggas talk about getting high and riding around in L's. Niggas should get high and ride to hell. Niggas talk about pimping, pimping that, pimping what? Pimping yours, pimping mine. Just to be pimping is a hell of a line. Niggas are very untogether people. Niggas talk about your mind, talk about my mind stronger than yours. I got that bitch's mind uptight. Niggas don't know a damn thing about the mind, but they'd be right. Niggas are scared of revolution. Niggas fuck. Niggas fuck, fuck, fuck. Niggas love the words fuck. They've been there so fucking cute. They fuck you around. The first thing they say when they're mad is fuck it. You play a little too much with them. They say fuck you when it's time to TCB. Niggas are somewhere fucking trying to be nice to them. They fuck over you. Niggas don't realize while they're doing all this fucking. They're getting fucked around. But when they do realize, it's too late. So niggas just get fucked up. Niggas talk about fucking, fucking that, fucking this, fucking yours, fucking masters, not knowing what they're fucking for, ain't fucking for love and appreciation, just fucking to be fucking, niggas fuck white thighs, black thighs, yellow thighs, brown thighs, niggas fuck angles when they want dollar thighs, niggas fuck Sally, Linda, and Sue, and if you don't want out, niggas will fuck you, niggas will fuck fuck if it could be fuck, but when it comes to fucking for revolutionary causes, niggas say fuck revolution. Niggas are scared of revolution. Niggas are players. Niggas are players. Are players. Niggas play football. 
basketball while the white man is cutting off their balls. When a nigga's play ain't tight enough to play with some black thighs, niggas play with white thighs to see if they still have some play left. And when ain't no white thighs to play with, niggas play with themselves. Niggas tell you they're ready to be liberated, but when you say, let's go take our liberation, niggas reply, I was just playing. Niggas are playing with revolution and losing. Niggas are scared of revolution. Niggas do a lot of shooting. Niggas do a lot of shooting. Niggas shoot off at the mouth. Niggas shoot boo. Niggas shoot traps. Niggas go around the corners and shoot down the streets. Niggas shoot sharp branches at white women. Niggas shoot dope into the arm. Niggas shoot guns and rifles on New Year's Eve. A new year that is coming in. But white police would do more shooting at them. Where are niggas when the revolution needs some shot? Yeah, you know, niggas are somewhere shooting this shit. Niggas are scared of revolution. Niggas are lovers. Niggas are lovers. Are lovers. Niggas love to see Clark Gable make love to Marilyn Monroe. Niggas love to see Taj and Bucko the Native. Niggas love to hit a long range yeah. High hold silver. Niggas love commercials. Niggas love commercials. Oh, how niggas love commercials. You can take niggas out of the country, but... You, you can't, can't take, take the, the country, country out of niggas. Niggas are lovers, are lovers, are lovers. Niggas love to hear Malcolm rap, but they didn't love Malcolm. Niggas love everything but themselves. But I'm a lover too. Yep, I'm a lover too. I love niggas, I love niggas, I love niggas. Because niggas are me, and I should only love that which is me. I love to see niggas go through changes, love to see niggas act, love to see niggas make them plays and shoot this shit. But there's one thing about niggas I do not love. Niggas are scared of revolution. No siree, there's two known things that'll make me cute That's a hog-eating slop in a big black spook, you know Cause I show it, like a barnyard rooster I crow it And the NAACP would sure like to get a hold of nigger hating me Roses are red and violets are blue and niggers are black You know that's true, but they don't mind cause what the heck You gotta be black to get a welfare check and now I'm broke no joke, I ain't got a nickel for a coat, and I ain't black, you see, so Uncle Sam won't help poor nigger hating me. Jigaboo, jigaboo, where are you? I was here in the woodpile watching you. Jigaboo, jigaboo, come out and all, so I scared of the white man way down south, you know it. But I show it, stick your black head out and I blow it, and the NAACP. Away from a little old nigger hating me. Mirror, mirror on the wall. Who is the blackest of them all? A man named King, it ain't no doubt. And he's causing lots of trouble with his baboon mouth. He's a doing, it's caused by the trouble he's a brewing. And the NAACP can't win if a white man stick with nigger hating me. What do you say? When are we whites gonna have our day? The niggers had theirs such a long, long time. I'm a white and it's time that I have mine. You know it. Cause I show it. Stick it back, head out and I'll blow it. And the NAACP can't win if a white men stick with a nigger hating me. Nigger hating me. Nigger hating me. Nigger hating me. 
Charles and Michael, they out playing. Charles and Michael, they are out playing. They out playing. They are out playing. He out playing. He is out playing. We out playing. We is up out playing. Seeing and hearing the differences in grammar is fundamental. The fine points of phonology and pronunciation can be learned later. Under no condition should the speaker's use of the dialect be considered something inferior, bad, or an indicator of his intelligence. It should simply be considered something different, which is all it is. The important thing is to keep the ghetto child talking. Respecting the guarded language of his identity and survival will open the door to his learning something new. This attitude, reinforced with oral techniques, will lead to success. There are some who believe that the meeting ground between the two cultures will first have to be in the language. Certainly, if we are not in genuine communication, the real problems of social and economic inequalities will not be solved. Teacher attitude and oral techniques in the early grades will prepare the child to learn when he feels the need. This will probably not occur until the later years of grade school or high school when he understands the value of speaking standard English. Actually, he doesn't need to learn it at all until he has to make a living. Sorry to wake you, sir. We're landing now. You'll have to fasten your seatbelt. Oh, thank you. Uh, I wasn't sleeping. Just thinking. In the Liberty Bell. Ali, who really gave that bell a smack? Ali, who punched it so hard that the bell did crack? Hit it so hard with an awful whack. Ali. Country dear, who made the ride of Paul Revere? He rode so hard and gave the British fear. In the Boston Bay, set fire to the ship that was setting in the bay. Destroyed the tea so our country could be free. Dressed up like an Indian, who was he? Ali. 